Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I'm here today, like usual, with my co-host, the Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you girls doing? Hey, doing good. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm doing great. You're doing great? I'm doing great. I got I got good news from my dog today. I took him in. For anyone who doesn't know, he had knee surgery, and so they have him, they have him walking on a treadmill in a water tank. It's really cool. And he got his stitches out, and they said, I don't have to do the physical therapy on him three times a day anymore that I can take him on little five minute short walks now. So I was very excited about that. Awesome. Over the last week, we've all been either down rabbit holes. Uh, I know Ed has been working on her article. Corey's been working on a massive article plus looking after a dog. I've been going through some medical tests. So we haven't had time to really dig into a lot of the news. So we thought we'd do something different today and just kind of roll with the punches, wing it, have a bit of an open forum discussion. Of course, we're going to talk about a few topics. Some of those topics are going to be one of Corey's articles, which is Be Aware, Tempted Bills on Homeschooling, Edge's article, which is the Cancer in Modern Medicine Part 3, which is getting massive, that one, Edge. You're really piling that one on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about Bolivia. I haven't dug into it as much as I would like to, but I do have a bit of information on it. Another massive dig that Corey's working on that she doesn't have a name for yet, but we're just going to roll with the transgender agenda. And a few of us are going to put our own points of view and talk about that, which I think is something very interesting and something that we really should talk about. What else? I will talk a bit about a patron because that's going on at the moment. I've just chucked that in there so the girls are not aware of this, but we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so and, um, and chemonics. I have a few things I'd like to say about chemonics too. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> they're, they're, they're in connection with the white helmets, which the, uh, the founder was just found dead in Turkey. So, Oh, there you go. There's also been an ICG complaint against the whistleblower for starting a GoFundMe page. I think Edge mentioned that before, so we'll talk about that. And we're just going to roll with the punches. So what would you guys like to start with first? The impeachment inquiry <sighs> hearing has been quite a shit show. Jim Jordan, Ratcliffe did a really good job, I feel. Schiff was total obstructionist, was interrupting, not letting them get their questions, guiding the witnesses, telling them they didn't have to answer questions. But, you know, bottom line, I think Jim Jordan laid it out there that the star witness was not even really a witness. He's never even met the president. All hearsay. <laughs> so. Look, look I, I think it's going down exactly how a lot of us thought it would go down. Unless you're extremely far left or extremely indoctrinated, this is quite transparently a coup. It's not, it, it's completely partisan and it's complete fabrication. Yeah, there's a great video out right now circulating on uh, Pelosi repeating it over and over and over how, how impeachment would be very divisive and partisan and, and yeah, it was really good. I was on my way to the physical therapy for my dog and I'm sitting in the back of my truck with him so he won't stand up and I'm flipping through Twitter because I knew I was going to miss the whole impeachment thing today and the first thing I came across was Adam Schiff just say he doesn't know who the whistleblower is? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> the country knows who the whistleblower is but Adam Schiff doesn't. Yeah, right. I said, oh man, I'm missing a comedy show right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, not that, it, you know, his, his legal team and definitely him but, you know, we'll, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, which we shouldn't. But let's just to say his team met with the whistleblower anyway. He knows exactly what it is. I, I'm just reading this tweet here at the moment from Representative Mike Quigley. Hearsay can be much better evidence than direct. What? Oh, yeah, I saw that too. Yes, he actually <laughs> said that. <laughs> it's, it's going down exactly how we knew it would. And it's, this, in my opinion, is only going to bolster Trump support because there's nothing here. No. Right. I mean, and we're not even talking about it being secondhand information. We're talking about like third, fourth hand information, like so and so told so and so told so and so told me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I was just going to ask Edge if she had looked into um, the follow up on the report last week when we were talking about the uh, women and children who were murdered. Just did want to give a, a quick update on that. Number one, I did not mention last week that the Church of Latter day Saints excommunicated this group. We did call them Mormons and some people who had come forward and said, look, 
that's not accurate because they were excommunicated. They were denounced. So even if these people self-identify as Mormon, they're not recognized. So I did want to mention that. Number two, there have been some arrests this week. Here's the deal though. Authorities are being really tight-lipped about who was arrested and how many were arrested. They've talked about cartels in the past being involved, but they will not say if cartels were involved in this. We don't really know much at all as far as who or how many were arrested. We just know that there have been several arrests this week. So Mm. hopefully we'll get some more information. But to me, it's looking shady. I feel like there might be some cover-up going on. I don't know if, I know that that part of Mexico is super corrupt and the cartel really do have a lot of control there. So if they're involved, you know, if we'll ever get to the bottom of it, I don't know. I do know the FBI is involved in the investigation, so. We'll probably never get the full story. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Probably not. We'll look into it. What you mentioned before that we didn't mention the Mormon things. Look, we're human. We're going to make mistakes sometimes as well. We will always try to rectify that as soon as possible. That's why your comments and all that, we do read them, we do go through them, and we're totally acceptable of being wrong if we are wrong, and we will change it whenever we can. So There we go. Jess would like to let you all know that that we do read the comments, that we do go through them all. Yeah, we're, we're not beyond reproach, and no one should be, especially people trying to get information out there so yeah and on that note i'm gonna roll into this white helmet's death here connection to chemonics real real quick before you do that since we were just on the impeachment topic can i just mention one thing real briefly (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) you're bad (laughs) (laughs) so we now have a whistleblower on the whistleblower (laughs) oh yeah lord So there's a, yes, so there's a new ICIG complaint. And this person has filed a complaint stating that this whistleblower, the CIA whistleblower, which we all believe is Eric Charamella, has started a GoFundMe page, which he has uh, received more than $250,000. Actually, it was started... Yeah, started through his his attorneys. Most of the, the the donors are anonymous, and so that's what the complaint is about. Is that number one receiving gifts as a federal employee? He's not allowed to do that. Number two, the fact that they could be foreign donors is another major issue. Interesting. Corruption everywhere in plain sight. So the story was released just, goodness gracious, what's the day today? Just two days ago. And it was the White Helmets MI6 co-founder found dead in Turkey. Now, I've read this article. A friend actually texted this to me and I was reading through it on my way to my dog's physical therapy on Monday. I see Chemonics and I'm thinking, God, why does that, why do I recognize that name? So when I got back home, I start going through my notes. I'm like, ah, I was starting to dig into them a month ago. And the reason why is because I was in the USA database and I was looking at funding going out to different, different organizations and, and for what reasons they were going out and dates and all that good stuff. And I kept seeing two organizations that were popping up an awful lot. And just in a quick surface day, I said, oh, here we go. That's a, so I had to put it on the back burner because I was already working on other projects. But when I saw this news hit, I was like, oh, I got to just at least thread this on Twitter and get this information out. So at least some other people out there can dig deeper because I suspect, now I suspect, I haven't done a deep, deep dig, but I suspect they could potentially be like a CIA front. They go back to the 70s, and let me just read two clips from this article, though, so you under, so people understand how this ties in to how they connect to the White Helmets. So the U.S. has provided at least $32 million to the group, around one-third of their total funding, through a USAID scheme orchestrated by the Obama State Department and routed overseas using a Washington, D.C. contractor participating in USAID's Syria regional program, Chemonics. It goes on to say they, Chemonics, were awarded $128.5 million in January 2013 to support a peaceful transition to a democratic and stable Syria as part of USAID's Syria regional program. At least 32 million has been given directly to the White Helmets as of February 2018. 
So now, you know, they're known to be a, a terrorist organization. And so this is what I have on Chemonics. Okay. Now this is a surface dig. This is not a real deep, deep dig, but I'm basically just going to kind of read to you my thread for those that are not on Twitter. To give you a quick background, Chemonics International Inc. was founded in 1975 by Thurston Ferdinand Tony Teal as a subsidiary of Early Industries. Thurston's father, Stanley Teal, was a faculty member and the fourth dean of Harvard Business School. They even named Teal Hall after him. Thurston established Chemonics with the support from Gerald D. Murphy, who was the CEO and largest shareholder of the parent company, which was Early Industries. Murphy said that, and this is in a New York Times article, I always love it when I can like use them against them, you know? It's always so, <laughs> Murphy said that he started Chemonics because I've always wanted a way to do two things. One, have my own CIA, and two, be helpful to people. And my jaw dropped when I read that. I had already had pretty strong suspicions here. And then I read that and I'm like, wow, that's interesting. So now, so Thurston had also at a point in his life, probably prior to this, had worked as an analyst in USAID Executive Secretariat. He was also a linguist and associate professor at Georgetown University. Now he died in 2005. So just to put this in perspective, Chemonics operates in 150 countries. And it's not like they have this niche market. They're literally involved, and this is, this is how they promote themselves, in agriculture, conflict and crisis, democracy and government, economic development, education and youth, environment, gender and social inclusion, health, supply chain solutions, water, energy, and sustainability. Every single thing that the deep state has their hands in, this is in 150 countries. And you would be blown away if you go into USA and you start looking at the billions that they have received and managed dating way back. So in 1976, this was interesting too. There, And I didn't have time to go through all of these, but I just pulled one and I linked it in here. I went into WikiLeaks and uh, there's a couple hundred hits I got on Chemonics. And so I went through, you know, a small handful of them and, and most of them seem to be talking about these rice projects. So in 1976, the year after they formed in Washington, D.C., they were running rice projects in other countries. There was just something about these cables that felt off to me. And like, for example, this statement that was made in this one, the Ministry of Agriculture in Gabon said, 140 days proposed by Chemonics for agricultural study seemed too long for a rice project. Yet they ended up going through it, like in later, because I followed the cables through to see, and they did end up doing it. And they were doing this not just there, but in other places. And hey, I know these projects do need to take place and working with other countries and agricultural and whatnot. But this just felt, something felt very off to me, especially then reading that comment. So then in, in 2015, USAID awarded Chemonics a $9.5 billion eight-year IDIQ contract to fund health supply chain programs to prevent HIV, AIDS, malaria, and tuberculosis. It was the largest USAID, you know, awarded to date. That was in 2015, which turned into a shit show. So Bill Gates, of course, you know, the global fund who deals with HIV and AIDS. Uh, what I'm wondering is how this nine and a half billion got sliced and diced out because Chemonics in a later report, a couple of years later, it was said, that they were only able to get 7% of the shipments delivered on time and in full. 7%. So they're in charge of this whole supply chain and dishing out $9.5 billion to make all of this happen. And they had a 7% success rate. So 7%. then- 7%. Yeah, 7%. There's so, nothing good to you about that at all. In these areas, the thing is, is in these countries, it is impossible to get these medicines, most of which need to stay in a cool or refrigerated environment, off to some of these locations. It's not possible. A lot of these areas don't even have electricity. And they're moving them across shipments and then across land. It's not legit. So three years later, in 2018, Bill Gates says, well, geez, we need to fix this problem three years later. So he gives $386,680 to Chemonics to monitor the temperature of critical health products along the global health supply chain to ensure the quality and efficacy of these life-saving products. Mm -hmm. 
So this was just, just a quick surface dig. They were also given, they were the single largest recipient from USAID for Haiti after the earthquake, which was 196 million. And they had big controversial issues there. And there were other areas. I mean, you can go in and you can read up on, on them. They've, they've had a lot of issues, but they also are knee deep in Ukraine. They've set up their agriculture, their land titles, farming, all kinds of good stuff. So anyone who cares to do a deeper dig on chemonics, have at it. What do you think, Speaker? Is it a front? Nah, no, completely legit. The mere fact that the Obama administration used them to funnel money to the white helmets just says it all. If there's anything that Bill Gates has done wrong, you can guarantee that Corey will find a link to it. Or the Clintons. Or or the Clintons. They're the two that Corey just gravitates towards. Yep. It's my first keystroke every time. (laughs) (laughs) Anything that Bill Gates is affiliated with needs to be questioned. And especially anything he asks money for. So it's something he's like asking for money for or something like that. You got to be really wary about that shit because he doesn't need that. When he's asking money from other people, it's like, I know. I learned a lot about Bill Gates. I know that you've dug into him a ton, Corey, but I really never dug into Bill Gates that much. And then doing this part three, the eugenics report on the cancer within modern medicine, I learned a lot <laughs> about Bill Gates. I don't think most people realize. People, people see him as the vaccine man. I don't think they realize he's got his hand in the cookie jar in a lot of different industries, not just vaccines. He's the world's richest man, so of course he's got his hands in everything. Is he the world's richest? Okay. I thought Bezos was. He's always hovering in the top three. The the one thing I don't like about him, this is totally off script. I'm just going off there. Because I'm a history buff. Like, I love history and I love art or architecture. I don't like the fact that he has Da Vinci's called the Kogex Lechester. I have a photo of that in my research folder on him. I know what you're talking about, yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Sorry, I pronounced it wrong. My English is terrible. Um, <laughs> but but the, fa- the fact that he has that book like just infuriates me. That's something amazing. Paid $31 million for it or something? Yeah, it was an un- insane amount. I don't remember the amount. And like, I, I love Da Vinci's work. I love anything around Da Vinci. And the fact that he has something like so valuable to history. Right. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Because now I'm working on part four of the, the cancer with our, within modern medicine. And that one's going to be... So part three was on a eugenics Part four is going to be on psych- psychology and mind control. But Ooh. there's some some tangents that I'm going on. And one of them, I'm going to have to do a focus on a dig that has to do with all these people being involved in the art world and how much. Yeah, about- that would be a great one. Yeah, yeah. Because Ooh. they all have their hands in that too. I think that that is a, a huge money laundering uh, scheme for them too. Yep. So. Let's segue into your part three. Dig from yeah. There. So part three is about eugenics. And Corey, I know that you've covered eugenics extensively. Part three, the way I did it was the first section is really the his- the history, you know, how it all started and how it influenced all the way to where we are today. And I, I walk through, you know, the eugenics movement in America with the sterilization laws. I walk through Nazi, the Nazi program of, of eugenics and how Rockefeller funded a lot of that. Then I get into birth control, how that all started with Margaret Sanger. And then I get into the population council and all the people who were on the ground floor of these things were eugenicists. Their motives were to eliminate the unfit. And, yep. and so really, really people need to understand that and know the history of it. And that's what I walk through is the history of it. So you understand the agenda because they're not going to tell you what their agenda is. You just need to look back at history because it does tell you that these people are eugenicists and their views never changed. They just changed their language so that it would become socially acceptable and people would buy into it. And so we're never taught our true history. So Nobody realizes that this is what is actually going on in front of our own eyes with the Population Council, with the World Health Organization, with Bill Gates, with birth control, with all of these things that are happening currently. You need to look back at the history. And that's what I'm doing is walking through the history of how these things were created, what their agenda was. 
who was involved, and so forth. I get all the way up to uh, genetic research, which is the last part of this dig, and I talk a lot about CRISPR technology, gene editing technology. There's a lot of information on Bill Gates in that, as well as Jeffrey Epstein and some other players in that. Um, some interesting connections that I make that I don't know that a lot of people know about. So it's relevant today. It's not just a history dig. This is relevant and current even for today. So Right. And when they when they use the terminology genetics and biotech, what what that is in most cases, because these nefarious characters are behind all the money, is eugenics. They've just completely changed like you said, they've changed the language. They've changed the terminology. They say, oh, that, that word has bad voodoo on it. We don't want to say that anymore. Let's change it over here and they'll never have any clue. And in a decade or a couple decades from now, they won't know where this originated from or that we're still doing the same things. We're just not really talking about it in that way. Exactly. The word, the word game. They use it a lot. They mm -hmm. lose, it's like when Planned Parenthood changed their name. Exactly. Right right around the time of the sterilization of so many Americans. And then after Hitler, immediately they had to go in and change their name. Yep. And that's what I talk about. I talk about, there's a whole section where I talk about how they started doing crypto eugenics. And that was just basically eugenics disguised. They weren't going to come outright because they knew that all of these agendas that they had with birth control, you know, sterilization and, and so forth, that these agendas they had were not going to sell in the public's, you know, eye. So they needed right. to change the terminology to planned parenthood, family planning. They're scientific geniuses that are trying to save humanity. It's a great way to sell it, wrap it up, package it. Right. And, and it, I even talk about how, so, so, uh, the Laskers, they're, they were involved in everything. They're going to be key players throughout this entire four or five part series. Mary Lasker was kind of like Bill Gates, where she was a huge funder of research. Together, they were both really involved in a lot of things. And Albert Lasker, he was known as the father of modern advertising. And he was the one who actually proposed that Planned Parenthood change their name. So Mm -hmm. He knew, he knew that, that in order to garner support from the public, they were going to have to change it to a more positive name. So. And just so people know, I believe it was called the Birth Control Clinic originally, wasn't it? From my understanding, it was the American Birth Control League. And then that changed to the American Birth Control Federation. And then it went to <laughs> Planned Parenthood Federation. Okay. I don't know where I got the word clinic in my head, but yeah, that was, it was a really fun read for me because of all the work I had done and I had, you know, some of, some of our information overlapped, but you had some different information in there. And since I knew the characters and I knew the history, it was kind of fun for me because it was like plugging in additional little dots, you know? Yep. Yep. It, it, it's absolutely massive dig. If you haven't read it, definitely check it out on Corey's website. Uh, Edge, Edge sent me a message the other day. She's like, uh, shit this uh this video i'm making was like an hour and a half long <laughs> <laughs> i cut it i cut it's it like, down oh I you cut, cut it down. down yes yeah i got it down to like, <laughs> to like 45 <laughs> minutes that's that should be coming out soon I'm, so I'm, I'm like you're making you're making documentaries now like, how are we gonna, how are can you <laughs> can you like go into my digs and narrate them and make some videos for my it's been a while since i've covered my reports in video format because we usually talk about them on our podcast, but I should probably do that. There's, there's a few. I'm in fact on this transgender one I'm working on. I will probably do it on this one because it's so big. It's really hard, especially with like a lot of. They're long. They're not like you know quick videos that we do, and it's not like just talking about things. We try to put the imagery with it, and that does take time. So sorry if we lack some content, especially on hive mind but we we try to put out the best standards of things we can so part three which is all about eugenics will be coming out pretty soon here in the next few days and then part next few four days. yeah and and you, what, what, what are you working are you working on like three red bulls like me <laughs> yeah. and Damn. then part four will publish you know next week which will be all about like i said psychology mind control got some interesting connections there too that i and was just really fascinated about. So I'm looking forward to that one. Well, going to uh, one of your articles here, be aware of attempted bills and homeschooling. 
or is one you just put out the other day? Sure. Yeah. So gosh, I wish I could do all of these like this because I jammed this out one just the other night. I had this epiphany. I was sitting here talking with a friend actually, and I was talking about how a lot of people are starting to pull their kids out of school because of the high levels of indoctrination and their homeschooling. And all of a sudden it hit me. I said, oh my God, I need to go in and start looking at bills because the percentage is increasing on homeschooling. They're not going to like that. So they're going to start putting bills in place that are going to be restrictive or you know, put regulations on it or make it more difficult because they want to be able to indoctrinate your kids. Lo and behold, I go in and I start searching and it was worse than I imagined like way worse than I imagined. So what I found was, and these are defeated, but it doesn't mean everyone should say, oh, phew, well, it didn't pass, so we're in the clear. Because this is what these people do. They start out, they fill the waters, they try to move something through. If they can't do it, they come back around, they reword it, they get sneaky, they slip it into another bill, somehow get it through. I mean, look, no one ever imagined we'd see bills being passed for full-term abortions. So if you're a homeschooling parent, I know you're probably an activist already. So you're like the perfect people to fight this. Or if you have friends that homeschool, or you're just concerned about this overall and you want to keep people in the loop, make sure you follow what is happening in your state. Because in Iowa and Illinois, they made insane attempts to get CPS involved. And basically what it entailed was so for Illinois, I mean, it was so outlandish that I don't even think it's constitutional, but they had drafted up a bill stating that if you were homeschooling, they wanted to send CPS out to your door to come into your home and observe your child and talk to your child because they want to make sure there's no child abuse or neglect going on. Because there have been some reports by people, and I can't think of the names off the top of my head, that have done reports stating that there's a, a large percent of child abusers that take their children out of home, out of schools, and, and homeschool them or don't homeschool them, but they take them out of schools. And so that's their that's their excuse for this. Just imagine, first off, I think most people are aware by now how corrupt CPS is. In fact, our own government is aware to where they created a whole committee on this, looking into this, the foster care system in CPS, because everyone's become so vocal about this. I mean, this is serious stuff. They're not even in their right mind thinking about this. So, so just for the heck of it, like for Illinois, for example, I went in and did a search. I said, God, I wonder how many people are homeschooling in Illinois. It was over 66,000 people. So let's see. Taxpayers should pay Child Protective Services to go knock on 66,000 doors for people that are trying to homeschool so as not to indoctrinate their children. And look, I'm not saying that there aren't abusers out there because we already know there's a lot of child abusers out there, but it's a corrupt system. (laughs) It's a corrupt agency that they're wanting to send. And it's really scary because those are the very people that say, oh, we're taking your kid away and we're now going to go place them in foster care. So that, that was completely defeated. Now, Iowa tried putting through a similar bill, but with theirs, it said that the parent or guardian had to give permission to allow them to come into the home unless the CPS person found probable cause, but they didn't go into detail on what that probable cause was. So it wasn't too far off base from Illinois. Then we had other states, let's see, like Georgia passed a bill in May requiring school districts to report new homeschoolers that fail to file state paperwork to Child Protective Services. Not that that's, you know, that crazy out of the norm, but Tennessee attempted to pass a bill that would would have prevented families under investigation by services from switching to homeschooling without permission. Let's see, Louisiana, Kentucky, Maryland. I have a few different ones in here if anyone wants to go in and check it out. My point is, stay alert, pay attention to what bills they're trying to pass because I believe they're going to try to start regulating homeschooling more so because more parents are wanting to pull their kids out of school. I think we have, let's see. Yeah. So it's growing at a rate of like two to 8% over the past few years annually. And right now there's over 1.6 million children being homeschooled. I get it, man. I mean, because the indoctrination is ridiculous. I mean, it is so in your face. It's so bad. Stuffing it down their throats. It's frustrating. Yep. 
Yep. Even in the charter schools, it's unavoidable. It is. It is. I just did a report, what was it, a week or two ago on uh, called Turn the Page Before Your Child is Indoctrinated. I don't even remember the title, but I went into the different books and different things in the schools and what's going on with the indoctrination on that level. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. And, and indoctrination is definitely playing a huge role in the transgender agenda report I'm working on right now. Segway that yourself. Brilliant, Corey. I like it. <laughs> that. Someone's on the ball. Huh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I got a ways to go. I'm up to 34 pages on this bad boy already. And I think Oof. I'm going to have to split it into two parts. I'm, uh, I'm done with the research and I, and I have it about half to two thirds written. So I'm just working my way through. But what I'm finding is absolutely stunning. And the reason it's taken me so long, as Edgewell <laughs> can relate, I'm sure, is so you start out and you want to make 10 connections. And then as you start moving along, all of a sudden this new character shows up and you're like, wait a minute, who's this person? And wow, they're, they're really involved in this. And then you got to start going down that rabbit hole and the funding. I mean, you, you can get lost for days just tracing the funding and uh, cash flow. And so I went all the way back to the 1950s. <laughs> because I went back to the 1950s. Look, I had to know the agenda push from the media and from the medical industry and the science and the medications and the surgeries and the psychology and the funding and the, like all of it. I wanted to know all of it, the whole picture, because what people are seeing is, you know, most people right off the bat say, oh, they're trying to indoctrinate us. They're trying to brainwash us and, uh, or they're trying to create transhumanism or robots. They don't want gender at all or, you know, all these different things. And that, that is true. There's kind of like this whole three-prong approach. There's, it's, it is about mind control. It is about controlling the population. But on a bigger level than that, what I'm seeing is the push for the mind control and the acceptance of it all comes back to the money, which most people probably wouldn't think because less than 1% of the population identifies as transgender. So you think, well, how are they going to make much money on that? Well, once you brainwash a society and you have kids thinking that switching gender is like choosing between a Snickers bar and Almond Joy bar, now you start getting more people to take the candy that they're putting out, puberty blockers. And this stuff is dark. I mean, this this goes really deep. And I, I can see when they kicked this off, this agenda off, how they pushed it through and the scientists and the manufacturers and the funders and all of these people tied into this, they are creating an industry. Right. Is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the whole, like the beginning stages of the climate change BS and solar coming out and we need wind farms and we need solar panels and we need this and that and we need tax credits and da 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 They're manufacturing an industry. They are. They are. Yes. And when you... When you read how they've manufactured it, uh, you will be disgusted because we're talking all of your major hospitals, universities, all these people are behind this. I know. I was just going to say, because I, you know, I've been chatting with Dr. B. She's helping me through this, through my dig. And she's been talking about it too, about how heavily it is pushed in the medical field and in these Mm -hmm. medical schools. And uh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, and I guess they, they assume that that's where they need to push it first so that it kind of then trickles down to, you know, being pushed everywhere else. Oh, no, they pushed it on society first. It, it, it's a similar pattern I see time and time again. So it starts out where they utilize people to make examples of them to push their agendas. And then they get it out there. So they they have their front runners for the media. You know, of course, New York Times and WAPO are always up front for that. And they start pushing it out. And then and then they move it through the entertainment industry. And they then they start to move it into the school system. And so it's this whole wave. It's like the same pattern over and over again to normalize it. And we have 48 states now that have gender X on birth certificates. Is that insane? Gender X. X. So we are now creating a third gender. It's, it's crazy. And I mean, 
transgenders, you know, they're switching to be a male or they're switching to be a female while they're saying non-binary and da 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 and all these different things. So we're just going to create a gender X. And here's another thing they're doing, which will be in the report more in depth. But while they're pushing all of this on society, which they've been doing since the 50s, and they've been building up to it, and Obama and Hillary really helped with that. So while they're doing this, they're also using language over and over again of discrimination. And the reason they do that is so that they can work that into new laws being passed. And they use that as their example, their reasoning. I personally believe, and you know, I, I can't prove this, but I personally believe in some of these stories that may have come out over the years of a transgender person who was beaten badly. Um, and so WAPO will do a piece on it saying, you know, how the discrimination and the, and the hate and it's horrifying and they're bullied. And, uh, and I'm not saying there aren't cruel people out there that do this because there are. But I think it's been amplified intentionally to back their discrimination. You know what I'm saying? They're, that yes. whole concept. Yeah. So they can then take it into the courts. Because then if you start reading the language in the courts and the bills and what they're trying to do, that's what they're using. Well, well I do the same thing with, with race, with hate crimes. And it, it's exactly the same sort of process. Give it a disproportionate platform to what the reality is so yep. that it make, make it seem so much more alarming as more of like a nationwide issue that we must address as an emergency and push something right. through. Exactly. It's, a, it's the same thing with white supremacists. Like I, I guarantee you there's not even 1% of the population that's one that, that are white supremacists. But yet right. it's such a prevalent thing in the news. Right. There's no doubt there's a few who hooded guys, you know, down in Kentucky or something. Like there's like there's a hundred percent racist people out there, but it's not even close to what this society has tried to push out. Well, and they not only push the discrimination, they push the glamorizing. Okay, they are hardcore glamorizing it. It's disgusting because forty percent of transgenders have attempted suicide, mental disorder because of traumas that they had, and in a lot of cases, it's child sex abuse. And they do not feel comfortable in their own body. And a lot of times they switch, they want to switch from male to female or female to male. So they're not abused anymore, looked at in that way. It's really sad. I mean, I feel, I feel bad for these people. They are struggling with their own identity. And now they're trying to glamorize it and try to make it something that children should aspire to. That's what oh, really oh. bugs me is when they're marketing towards children, when they're coming to schools and talking to kids and normalizing it. Yeah, and you can pick your gender. If you want to change your gender, you go ahead. Or if, you know, like Charlize Theron, dressing her three-year-old as a girl and, and coming out in, in the media saying, when her son said to her, I'm not a boy. Well, that was it for me. I have to take care of him and this is what he wants. And uh, Now, did your son ever get mad and tell you he hates you? Do you think he's never going to love you now? I mean, it's insane. It comes down to a lot is like what I've noticed is children having children and then letting children control their upbringing instead of a parent actually taking a parental stance and going, no, don't do that. You know, it's, it's your job as a guardian to try to guide them in any way you can. Instead of doing that, it's like a lot of parents now let their kids tell them how to parent or like what they want. And then they just give into it. They just fold into it. Having a knee jerk reaction when a kid says something one day, but because I will tell you, kids will say something one day or one minute and oh, yeah. the next minute it's something else. My friends, let's see, she was three at the time, three or four. My friend's kid, three or four, was absolutely in love with my old boyfriend. We're not together anymore. And I mean, she just, she was like smitten with him and she'd want to sit on his lap and everything. And one day she says, I'm going to marry you. And, 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 you know, like we look at it, it's so innocent and it's cute and it's adorable. And she grew out of it eventually, but she was just so smitten on him. That's how kids are. 
they one day they're yelling and screaming and I hate you mom I mean I've heard kids say that to moms or say just the meanest things and when they're little little you know it's like they don't have full control of their emotions and they certainly don't have full control of their thoughts and beliefs because that's that's what is being instilled in them by the parents and teachers and those around them so but you know without putting this all on the parents because look the parents are victims of this system as well they have been taught to believe that the medical industry can cure can cure all and you need to go to the doctors and your child has this problem and that problem and this disorder and that mental disorder and I mean, there's the list, you know, and then they try to make the parents feel bad and then the kids feel shamed. It's this whole terrible cycle. So I know I'm probably not making sense right now. So no, you are. You're making it quite sense. I get it. Like, there's so many children that have anxiety disorder right now or depression or, you know, and it's because Hollywood and everywhere is telling them this is how you need to look. This is how you need to dress. This is how you need to be, how you need to act. This is what makes you cool. This is what makes you not cool. This is what's trending right now. And by the way, transgender is trending right now. And in the meantime, they're all confused and they're feeling all this pressure. And then you've got doctors saying, well, your child has this and your child has that and we need to put them on this. And the parents aren't capable of raising their children. And the teachers want to teach sex ed because, well, the parents aren't going to teach the kids. It's, it's the most dysfunctional system, and it has seeped into how families function. And I just, I feel equally bad for the parents as I do the children because it's been a very mind-manipulating system. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, like these people that are in professional positions they've also been through the same indoctrination too. So these labels, the constant, these are issues, these are problems, these are disorders. When, how about, hey, you know what? I have some anxiety. Today I'm feeling a little down or they take it from a level of what could be normal to where kids could just talk about it and be okay with it. And it's just part of who we all are going through these experiences and it's accepted. But instead they've labeled all these things as disorders. So they can medicate it. Yep. <laughs> That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. I mean, God, you just did the whole thing on your part one and two was about big pharma when it was little pharma and how they got it to that point. It's like everyone's been raped by the system. It's really quite disgusting. At the same time, they're shaming everyone. They're also making you a victim. So there's this huge like victimhood thing that goes on as well. No, you definitely need to make a make a video on that for sure. I will have to because I mean I could write a whole article just on one aspect, which I might end up breaking out in over time and doing some shorter articles just to make sure this information gets out there for those who are unwilling to read the longer reports. And I'll, I'll definitely do a video, but man, there are a couple aspects to this that are just like, I was pissed. I was pissed the other night because I saw their game. I saw what they did and it is evil. It's disgusting when you get kids involved. I mean, their opinions and feelings change as they grow. So to make permanent decisions that could affect them for the rest of their life. To mutilate their bodies, to sterilize them so they can Mm -hmm. never go back. And the studies also show, by the way, while all these gender clinics and universities and hospitals are putting out marketing materials, making it sound like you will be whole again after you go through gender reassignment surgery. The studies show that not only 40% of transgenders have attempted suicide, but more so after surgery as opposed to before. So what does that tell you? And they're pushing this stuff hard. It it tells you it's a really hard and difficult life. I don't wish it for anyone. If someone chooses that life, that's their choice. And, you know, I would not step in the way of someone's personal decision as an adult to do that. But it's a hard life. And I wouldn't I wouldn't promote that for our children or for anyone who may already be mentally or emotionally not prepared for that kind of thing. These gender youth clinics, you know, like popping up like freaking vending machines. There's over, I think over 50 or 60 of them already. And I think that's what I counted the other day. I have a map in the report. Many of these are seeing children as young as three years old. 
If you think a three-year-old has any concept of thinking that it wants a vagina instead of a penis, then there's something seriously psychologically wrong with you. That is a thought and an idea that is put into that child's head. Makes me sick. We're talking specific to transgender. We're not really talking about the gay and lesbian community. And I know that there are many of those. The LGBTQ makes up about 4.5% of the entire population. I know that with some of them, they do say that, you know, they just have always felt since they were little, they can remember as far back as they were little, kind of resonating more as a boy or a girl or liking the same sex or that type of thing. But this is very different. I mean, we're talking about pushing hormones into kids so they can eventually transition and have the surgery. And they can never go back. Right. That's the most damaging thing about it. They can never reverse that decision that was made for them. Right. Child abuse. With that, we'll move on to Bolivia quickly. We've gone for quite a while. Have we? Actually. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Edge, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll get into Bolivia quickly and we'll kind of finish it off. Evo Morales, president of Bolivia, was ousted on the weekend, will resign to ousted by the military. Now, there's a lot of talk going on about this by different sides. You know, like it was a CIA coup. All these things get chucked around. The left completely went into panic mode when this happened, calling it a CIA coup and all the above. But I want to throw out something, you know, hypocritical, but which the left's really good. That They're really good at like slamming CIA coups and stuff when these things happen, yet they'll protect a CIA whistleblower. Like, <laughs> right. it's, it's pretty funny, right, when you look at things like that. A I, CIA coup going on in our own country at this moment. A hundred percent, right? So... At least so, it's look, attempted, attempted. It, it will fail. A hundred, hundred percent, right? But like, if this was a CIA coup, it was the most efficient one I've ever seen. Like, we, we, we all know that these things happen. This has happened in the past. America has done this before. Let's not be blind to that. But with this, I think the difference is that this is Bolivia. Morales was a corrupt politician. He was a corrupt socialist. Let's not prove that he was some great president. The left has tried to do this, but let's throw out some facts. I like facts. Yeah, so let, let, let's check out some facts. So Bolivia is a two-term limit country, right? Morales, what he did within those two terms, he completely removed the previous Supreme Court, replaced it with all Morales acolytes. Not even like, so say Republicans or Democrats or what you do in the US, you know, you replace them with a Republican or a Democrat. It's just full-on Morales judges here. Full-on people that just work for him. Then he ran for a third term, which is not allowed, but I'll tell you why he did it. It's because the first one didn't count, because he took something to the Supreme Court that passed this ridiculous bill that running for president was a human right. Check this bullshit out, right? So it's like right, running for president. <laughs> running for president was a human right, okay? So his first term didn't count then, so he got in that third term on this technicality bullshit. Then he ran for the fourth term, and this is the term that you're seeing. After, previously, before he ran for this fourth term, though, he, he held a referendum to abolish term limits. He lost. Then he ran for a fourth term, and this is the term that we're just talk, talking about now. So what happened with this vote is he was losing. The Electoral Commission, it was, once again, you got to remember, all under his control. So he was losing on the live updates. Then the updates went dark for 24 hours. After 24 hours, it came back and they announced that he had won. <laughs> That's not shady. It's not shady at all, right? These are facts of what happened, okay? So th th this is not maybe partisan. This is what I've gathered from Bolivia. So after that, of course, people are going to get their backs up. I tweeted this a couple of days before he resigned. And a lot of people saying it's a coup, it's a military takeover. I've read some really stupid comments saying like, you know, where did they get the weapons to take over? You know, CIA coup, I don't know, maybe because the whole army turned against him. The, the, the whole army refused to do his bidding. At that stage, he knew he was done. Once a country like that, because let's not forget, Bolivia is a narco state. For those that don't know what a narco state is, it's a country that is financed through the help of narcotic traffickers. Just like Colombia, just like Cuba. He, he built his whole political career on pretty much cocaine smuggling. <laughs> like making that. It was a term that originated in Bolivia anyway. It hasn't changed. Um, and I started taking side with the protesters here and going, okay, maybe they do have a point because it, it, every tweet and stuff I saw from Westerners was all for Morales. But every time I saw a Bolivian comment from an actual person in Bolivia, they were calling him out on the ship, saying, you don't know what you're talking about. Get some idea of what's going on here in Bolivia. And I tweeted two days before he resigned a video of local. So it wasn't just the government that turned over local police in several large cities also sided with the protesters. So it was local police forces, government, 
that joined the protesters as well. So it wasn't just one whole military takeover. Systematically through the country, police forces and all that were also switching over to the protesters. They knew there was fraud going on. They knew there was election meddling going on. And he was doing everything he can was just pretty much stay in power. Of course, the left was taking his side because he's a socialist. Oh, there we go. Right? So, <laughs> so Exactly. And, and, and not just that he was a socialist. He's part of this untouchable indigenous tribe of Bolivians, right? So, of course, it goes into the race agenda in there as well. You know, the, those these indigenous people are beyond reproach. So what's the deal now? Yeah, he resigned and fled to Mexico. And what are they going to do? I mean, are they going to hold an election? Or is there like, was there like a coup? Did the military well, take over? Well, the military took over. And then there was supposed to be a second person in the government that was supposed to take over. She also quit. So we're a little bit mm-hmm. up in the air at the moment. I haven't been following it. Who's going to take over what from where now? But it, and, and this is the sad thing about it. Like, I'm. Um, I'm happy for the Bolivian people if this was indeed a case of fraud and it's looking like it. From all the facts that I've gathered about this guy, he was only just trying to further his presidential campaign. Because look at, imagine if Trump did that, right? He had two terms in the president, filled the Supreme Court, he had another third term, the election went out on election night in the USA. Just imagine the uproar if Trump did that in the US, right? So you just look at those sort of comparisons. Today, if he just makes a phone call, then he's getting impeached. So, you know, (laughs) according to the Democrats, you know. That's right. Exactly. So it's really funny to see leftists jump on this person. And and the media is actually really quite silent about it at the moment, if you haven't noticed. The reason the mainstream media is very quiet about it is because if they do speak about it, it's only going to help Trump. Look, it's another failed socialist state. True. And you got to watch them, though, what happens after, because a lot of times, like you said, it was a narco. Yeah, it's a narco state. So, so it's a lot of times what happens is like, you know, the cartel, they put their guy in. It's just funny that he's fled to another narco state. Yeah, well, let's let's not kid ourselves. These South American countries are dominated by cartels. They're dominated by corruption. This has been happening for a long time. I am happy for Bolivia at the moment if they did get a huge win and I'm trying to stay partial here but it's really hard when you look at the facts of this guy and what he's done it's uh, the sad thing is they're probably going to get another socialist leader in I hope it doesn't happen maybe it's a more sane one but I will keep looking into it and see how it goes from there so we will have by the end of this week I will have my transgender report out or at least part one and probably what do you think early next week we'll have part four of of your article should be yeah Lots coming. And then check Hive Mind, guys. I should have a video uploaded soon on a breakdown of part three, the eugenics agenda. So check that out on Hive Mind's YouTube channel. Excellent. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for listening to the speaker, myself, the Sharp Edge, and Corey from Corey's Digs. Be sure to check all the links in the description below. Right now, we are on Stitcher and SoundCloud as well. Please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget to hit that bell. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.